Together we can mobilize a global mission force to finish the task. This is your tribe. Hey, good morning, uh, NOSA. Uh, today, uh, you know, it's such a wonderful day that we can actually have stable uh, the Wi-Fi uh, with you. Uh, appreciate uh, your your presence here. Um, NOSA, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, and, and because uh, most of the people probably know you from other circles, but uh, it would be great if uh, you can you can share a little bit about your background and where you are right now. Okay, thank you, Ray, and good morning from Jos, Nigeria, where I live. I am Nosa Tukura, and I serve as the executive coordinator for the African Women in Missions Network and also the executive coordinator for the Children in Missions Network. Both of them are networks of the Movement for African National Initiative, MANI. Mm -hmm. I also initiated a missions mobilization organization with my husband several years ago. And it's called the Mission Supporters League. So mm -hmm. we operate out of Nigeria. And um, the Lord has helped us. We are in a few countries mobilizing Christians Commission. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about, uh, you know, uh, where did you start as, as a mission mobilizer and also connecting with, uh, you know, different mission forces, uh, especially in Nigeria and, and West Africa in general? Yeah, my journey as a mission mobilizer began actually in 1986. Uh -huh. Just fresh out of university. Yeah, just fresh out of university and I visited a friend on the mission base and the mission leader, the leader of the missions organization handed me a book. It mm -hmm. was the biography of the Adoniram Jobson and his wife Anne Jobson who were missionaries to Burma, now called Myanmar. And as I read that book, I, I just, um, I was so astonished that some people will give so much to be able to take the gospel from their country leave their comfort zone and go to another country through such hardship and mm. determination to, to give the gospel. And I just felt the Lord, you know, tugging my heart, asking me to make a similar commitment to him. And mm. so that began my journey in missions in March, 1986. And then I got married to my husband in December, 1988. He too was called into mission. And interestingly, we were both called the same day and we didn't know that. Mm. And so we, we, we were determined. Our understanding of missions at that time was that if we are called into missions, mm. we go and live among an unreached people group. And we were ready to do that. But mm. as we prayed and asked the Lord for clarification, he gave us a, a new understanding that he was calling us to support missions. Mm. And so that's what we do. We, my husband is a lawyer. And so when he set up his law practice, we called it missions chambers. And so we began what we call the, you know, a small foundation. And our goal was to run some businesses as a family. And then whatever we got from the law office, I am a physicist and I was teaching at the Polytechnic and then subsequently the university. And so we put our resources together to support missions. Um. But as we, 
through in our understanding, we realized that God was calling us to something bigger than just our family. And so mm-hmm. that's how we, we began to encourage, create awareness and mobilize other Christians. And that's what led to the birthing of the Mission Supporters League. Mm-hmm. So it's about mobilizing the church in Africa mm-hmm. and beyond to realize the call to go, the Great Commission is not for a special group of people called missionaries, but it's for the whole church. We mm. are all called people, and we we have to, as led by the Holy Spirit, discover the aspect of going that we are called mm. to. The call is for all of us to go. Some of us are called to pray as are going. Some of us are called to send our funds, our finances, or uh, our skills to put them to use, you know, to encourage those who are called to go, to -hmm. provide financial and material resources for them. So we all need to find out what aspect of goal we are called to. Some are called to be welcomers, Mm -hmm. to look around because we have so many unreached peoples amongst us now. We're in a wonderful space at this time. You know, in the church, we've never had, you know, so many unreached live within such proximity mm. to yeah. those who are, you know, already. And so some are called to, to be mobilizers, to awaken the church, to continue to sound out the message that, look, we all need to go. So we, we realize that the Great Commission encompasses all of this. And so that's what we've been doing in the mission supporters need all of these years. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about um, the state of gospel, state of missions, especially in, in Nigeria and in your context? Because we, we know uh, that's a fact that, uh, you know, uh, there, there are more Christians in, in the continent of Africa than, 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 than most of the other continents. Uh, and also Nigeria is one of these outstanding uh, countries that we, we, we said it, oh, Nigerians are everywhere. But also at the same time, we also, you know, are aware of some of the challenges you are facing. And also the, uh, uh, some people will say, um, you know, uh, you know the, 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 the gospel is, it's a bit shallow, uh, you know, from, from some, uh, some places. How do you how do you face that and and can you tell us a bit more and in in depth and understand better? Yes, I I think the first place for us to start is to appreciate what God has done in Africa. Coming, we've come a long way. Yeah, remember in nineteen ten, as we read the history books about missions at the Edinburgh Conference in nineteen ten, only one African is recorded to have been present. Mm. And now researchers tell us that there are over 600 million Christians, evangelical Christians in Africa. And a continent that was once called the dark continent now has the highest number of evangelical Christians. That's something to celebrate, something to be grateful for. But it also comes with a lot of responsibility. And that's part of where you are going to. Mobilizing and engaging this huge population, you know, to align with God's mission, you know, it's something that we need 
as the African church to really focus on in this time. Yeah. Because this, we strongly believe that this is the hour, this is the time for Africa. This is the time for Africa to take the baton and to move us to the finishing line. And so it's not just enough for us to celebrate. We're grateful to God for, for this moment, moving us from being the dark continent to now being the continent with the largest number of evangelical Christians. And so that's the, the, the biggest task we have now, is mm. how do we mobilize this, this multitude, this huge Christian population to finish the, the, the remaining task of world evangelization. And truly there's a lot happening on the continent despite and in spite of the challenges we're facing, the persecution, mm. the, the Islamic insurgencies in Nigeria, yeah. we are having challenges with the uh, bandits and um, yeah. the headsmen. A lot is going on. But, yeah. but we see there is a lot that the Lord too is doing. We are seeing people giving their lives. Mm. We are seeing people putting their lives on the line despite the danger that are going on, you know, that is ongoing, and people are still committed to ensuring mm -hmm. that this gospel of the kingdom is preached amongst all the ethnic, you know, because we believe that, as the scriptures say, that is what will bring the end. Yeah. Until that is done, the end will not come. Just a few months ago, we yeah. lost one missionary, a missionary amongst one of the people groups here in Nigeria, in you know, was was killed along with his two-year-old son, right there on the mission field. And so it, it it it's a huge challenge we're having now. How do we keep on pursuing the mandate that we have been given as the church to go and preach the gospel to every creation, to to I mean to every creature to go and make disciples of all nations in the context in which we are. But when we look at Matthew chapter 24, mm. it's like, you know, those, some of those things are just like taking a newspaper in mm. our contemporary time. The end is And near. so we're encouraged that, yeah, we're encouraged that the Lord knew all of this. He told us about all of that and still said that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. So Nigeria, like you have said, is one of the leading countries in Africa in terms mm -hmm. of serving of missionaries. And mm -hmm. so what we see is that the, the persecution, that despite the persecution, you know, despite the economic challenges, where we have deep economic challenges, we have persecution, we have, there's a lot of um, fear, but we see the courage of the Christians who are still going out. The, mm. the, the, the downside of all of this is that we are not going out in the numbers that we have the potential mm. to go out at, to go out. We, we should be doing much more. Yeah. And so we need to keep calling the church in Nigeria. It's a very rich church. We are very endowed. The church in Nigeria is very endowed. Mm. But our priorities need to be aligned with the priority of God, and that is to make his name great amongst all the nations so that worship will come to him. So we need to keep mobilizing. We need to keep calling out the church to bring the human resources, the financial resources, the material resources, the expertise 
that we have in the Nigerian church all need to be deployed towards this mission so that the, the task of world evangelization can, can, you know, can, uh, can go on and we trust that in our time, the Lord will bring his work to a yeah. close. It's mm. possible. It's yeah, I, I, I'm very encouraged by your words, especially uh, when, 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 we, uh, when we saw the news, especially from the international news, uh, often when he comes to talk about the situation in Nigeria and often is related to, to some um, horrible, horrible incidents, uh, especially the conflict between um, Islamic groups like Boko Haram and, and, and other extremism, uh, you know, activities. And it's, it's very hard to Im imagine that, uh, you know, the, the church is, is actually at the, at the better from um, that, uh, it's, it's real. It's not just for, for some people, we're talking about spiritual battleground, you know, uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, secularism, we're talking about, but, but for, for, for you guys, it's like, it, it's, it's real. And, and you're, you're saying you're actually from the city of Jos and actually a bit towards North. Uh, we, we know the majority of Christians are living down more like towards this, the, 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 the Southern uh, part of, of the country. And the northern part, a majority of them are uh, Islamic groups and, and many others out there. So for me, it sounds like it's, it's really real. I mean, the, the challenge and, 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 and the fight. And how, how is it for you? And, and under these kind of circumstances, and how can we still mobilize the church and set the priorities right? Andre, it's really real. But again, the, the stories of the courage in the face of all of these difficulties are not getting out enough. People mm. are not getting to hear the other side of it. A lot of what we hear is the bad news, you know, from what yeah. we hear in the, the you know, the, the feature of, uh, media. But the other side of it, the courage of people in the face of mm. the, the, I mean, who have their heads cut off, and their courage to persevere, to, to refuse to renounce their faith. We, we hear of stories, I'm sure you know about the story of Leah Sharibu, the 14 year old girl who's been in captivity for over four years now, you know, and, and she was not released along with the other girls. You know, her school was um, invaded by the uh, Islamic terrorists and the, uh, quite a number of um, the, the, the girls in school were kidnapped. And when they were released, the story from the other girls is that Leah refused to renounce her, her faith. Mm. And so doctors did not release her. So we have those kind of people like Leah Sharibu, and there are quite a number of them, whose faith in the face of persecution, in the face of death, has you know, strengthened the church you know, give us courage. And so we need to get more of those stories out so that people realize, you know, like we, 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 I read, I was deeply challenged by some of the things I read in the Fox's book of Matthias, mm -hmm. where as Christians were burnt at the stakes, they, 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 they had a pact with other Christians who were watching to say, if there is grace while the fire is burning, can you let us know, give us a sign. And the story of one of the, the man who was mm -hmm. burnt at the stake and with his charred hands, 
he was able to put his hands together you mm -hmm. know, and clap so that the other Christians will know that there is grace in the face of all of this. So we have stories like that. Pastors mm -hmm. who have been kidnapped, some have been killed, you know, and they refuse to renounce their faith. All of this serves to encourage us. Young children, the story of um, two twins, teenage boys who were shot because they refused to renounce their faith, where they hid, they hid under the bed when the, the terrorists came into their home and they discovered them. And then they, they said, are you ready to renounce your faith? And the first one said, no. And he was shot in the presence of the twin brother. And they said, look, we just shot your twin brother. Are you ready to renounce? And he said, no. And both of them were killed. You know, so those kind of testimonies encourage us to know that the gospel of the kingdom is worth dying for. Mm. It's worth dying for. So, and it's not a, a wasted life. No. Mm. Believe that the blood, like we often quote, that the blood of the matter is the seed of the church. And we're also hearing stories of many people from the other faith coming to faith in Christ because they they see what is going on and they're like, uh-uh, this is not, they're seeing the underbelly of mm. their relief and that's not what they bargained for. And some of them are coming. So we have all of these, what is helping us to also hear some of these stories, which we need to get out so that people will realize that, look, there is something about the Christian faith. There is something about these believers mm. who are willing to die for their faith in Christ Jesus. And that serves as an encouragement for the rest of us who are still here to know that if your time comes and you have faced that kind of situation, God's grace is sufficient. He will give you the grace to stand in the face of that persecution, in the face of the hardship. And yeah. you know, you can make it. Amen. Amen. I, I just wanna I, I just wanna say thank you for sharing that with us and, and because we often just see one side of the story and, and that's the only thing we get, you know, because we're so far away from, uh, apart from one another. And I believe to some degree, you also very know very little about this side of the world because that, that's the only thing you can receive from the international media is most of the time the bad news. <laughs> yeah, but, but do you think, um, especially uh, some people will challenge uh, a, a reality that um, do we really need to uh, mobilize the church? Uh, because if God calls somebody, it's it's their own business. You know, it's if uh, if a church don't, don't want to respond to the Great Commission, who are we to uh, to change their minds and you know to change their course to become more missional? And how do you how do you deal with that? Especially we as uh, mobilizers, most of the time we are like, you know, we are trying so hard, but but by the end of the day, it's still God's work. And I think that's a nice summary. We we just need to realize our role. We are partnering with God. We are working. God is inviting us. This is a task that He can do by Himself, and so He's inviting us as mobilizers to come alongside Him and mobilize the church. Remember Jesus. The only solution Jesus gave to us when he, he talked in Matthew 9 and said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The solution he gave was that we pray the Lord of the harvest. So there is in that prayer a recognition that the harvest belongs to the Lord and mm -hmm. that the capacity to move people to be part of that harvest also belongs to him. So our role is to intercede. So we intercede by speaking to God 
and as the Lord gives us the words, we we'll speak to his people, but the, 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 the responsibility for their response doesn't rest with us. So our role as mobilizers is just to keep mobilizing. He is the one who brings in the harvest. He is the one who touches the hearts of his people and you know, motivates them or pushes them. You know, in some cases, some people need to be pushed into yes. you know, to actually get up and go do it. You know? But he is the one who has the power and the authority to do that. So it's also good as a mobilizer to know where our limits lie. We cannot force people to do what you know, the Lord is calling them to do. Our role is to engage with them. Our role is to speak with them, to communicate with them in ways that they can understand and relate with so that they understand what the Lord is inviting them to. It's such a privilege to be invited yeah. by, by God to be what he's doing. Yeah, and I, I want to hear more about the power of prayer, especially every time I visit the African church, no matter is is East Africa, South Africa, or Western Africa. You know, every time I visit an African church, even in 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 other continents, uh, it's it's always like very strong and powerful worship, and also uh, a very strong uh, prayers, and and you feel like you're. You're, you're so connected to, to one another and to the Holy Spirit. And tell us a little bit uh, about that, especially the potential of prayer to, to, to mobilize the church to, to fulfill its role. Yes, I think one of the blessings that the African church has is the ability to pray. Uh, again, the other question is to ask is sometimes, what, what is the content of our prayer? So again, we need to, as mobilizers, align our prayers you know, mm. help the church align our prayers to God's mission mm -hmm. so that, that it goes beyond our wants, our needs, you know, to be your will be done. Yes. Kingdom come. And so that's one of the, the one of the areas we need to continue to mobilize the African church to. Because prayer is so fundamental and foundational, you know, mm. to whatever it is to do as we come alongside God on his mission to reconcile all of humankind. To himself so we see that there's a lot of praying going on in the african church but we need to come in as missions mobilizers to keep helping people realize that our prayers should be directed more towards the pattern that we see in the lord's prayer your will be done your kingdom come you know your, your kingdom come your will be done as it is on earth as it is in heaven so that alignment yeah. of our prayers god's mission is very critical very critical we can't get this work done without praying yeah I, you know um if 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 uh if i am having a, a an interview with uh with with uh with a gentleman i often don't need to ask this question but if i i'm talking with a lady and often it comes up uh with uh with a question which is a female in in uh, female role in the leadership of Christian missions and especially, uh, you know, mission organization and churches, um, especially somebody from, uh, from African, um, you know, uh, culture and, and, and background. How, how do you see, uh, you know, how, how do you describe it and how do you see the challenge is and how can we do better and you know, just to appreciate uh, where we are right now. 
I agree with you, Ray. It's sometimes when we see women in leadership, but I think this goes just globally. Um, it's often not <laughs> something we see all the time, unfortunately. And particularly in the African context, because of our cultural limitations, we, we see that women and children are, are, not, um, are not as engaged in missions and in the gospel and in leadership as we, as we ought to be, recognizing that from the very beginning, the whole issue of gender was God's idea. It wasn't a human idea. It was God's initiative because he saw that it was not good for man to be alone. And that's not just in the aspect of marriage, but in leadership in every sphere of life. We need all the, we need both gender. We also need intergenerational engagement for us to be able to fulfill this task. And we see that beautifully described in the, in the book of Joel, Joel chapter two, when he talks about you know, the young and the old, the, the old men and the old women you know, coming together. That's the picture of the church, where you have male and female, young and old, um, slave and freeborn coming together. And so as, a, as an African, I understand you know, what the, the question you're asking. How do we fit into this, you know, despite the limitations and the challenges in our context? It, it's quite challenging because there is a natural understanding that people fit or people have that a leader should be male. And so it, it, it's often a surprise to have a, a woman or you, you know, a, a lead. And um, it can be quite challenging. But when we look to the gospel, and for me, that's where I draw my inspiration from. When I look to the scriptures, rather, and I see God's intention from the beginning, that male and female, you know, he created us in his image, and he created us to walk together. Mm. That gives me the encouragement, the motivation to, to be a leader. Mm. And... Uh, or to apologize for the skills and the giftings that the Lord has given to me. And mm. that's what we need the church to see, both the African church and the global church, to look at people beyond their gifted, I mean, beyond their gender, to look at people beyond their age, and to look at the giftings, the talents, the expertise, the experience that we have. You know, because this work is so, is so vast, it's so huge. Mm. We need all hands on deck. Yes. And so we have to begin to pick and choose and say, oh, you're female, so you can do this. Uh, you know, God has blessed us with this yeah. huge population. And in Africa, particularly, we have a huge population of women and children in the church. Yeah. And so when we talk about finishing the task of world evangelization, it doesn't make sense for yeah. us neglect this huge population and yep. then just focus on a smaller group and think that they can get the work done. So mm. my role is to keep encouraging the women, encouraging the, the young, the, the children to use the gift, to use their talent and to keep speaking to the, the leadership, you mm. know, both male and female, to, for, for us to see the need to work together, especially going back to the first thing we talked about, you know, the huge population of evangelical Christians in Africa. And you know that the greater percentage are women and then children. 
And so how do we talk about finishing the task when we neglect this, this huge percentage? Another reality is that when we talk about the remaining unfinished tasks, the people we're also going to reach are also hugely female and children. And so it just doesn't it make sense, I mean, strategic sense, that we mobilize the women and children, you know, the evangelical, on uh, the evangelical side, to be able to reach the women and children, you know, amongst the unreached. And then a lot of the places that we still need to engage with to take the gospel to are very hostile to men. But um, they, they don't see women and children as threats. So I think it's very strategic for us as the African church to begin to invest intentionally mm. in encouraging, in mobilizing, in empowering our women and children so that we can finish the remaining task. So they become the door openers and then the men can come. It's all done in partnership, in collaboration, but we need to be very strategic. Thank you. I, I think that's, that's really, uh, especially for me, making a lot of sense. Uh, it's not just, um, uh, just, just a lacking of uh, you know, female leadership, but also the reality is in, in, in the church, in a Christian circle, the majority of the people are women and children. And, but often you look at the, the people who are able to speak on the stage, and the biggest stage, or taking the lead of any kind of movement are just guys. Um, uh, me as, 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 a, as, a, as, a, as a man, I, I just feel like, well, we need to emphasize in the, the, the imbalance, uh, especially in terms of um, in, in terms of, um, you know, we should all working together. I think coming to uh, talk about this subject, it's very important uh, that I would love to um, ask your opinion, especially how can we work together and collaboration, especially in between the, uh, the so-called the, the majority world uh, partners, uh, Latin America, you know, Asia, different parts of Asia, uh, the so-called non-Western uh, emerging churches. How, how can we learn from one another and also trying to find ways to collaborate? Yeah, and Ray, I think that's a very interesting and very important question because now more than ever, we must work together. You know, and that reminds me of the prayer of Jesus in John 17, you know, talking about the unity. And for that, to, for us to be able to work together, we need to come to that table with the understanding that all of us are bringing in different resources, different skills to the table, and then understanding and respecting, you know, what each person, what each region is bringing is very key. Mm. We need to understand, we're not all bringing the same thing. I mean, it doesn't make sense if all of us bringing the same thing, then we will be missing out on a whole, uh, uh, you know, huge amount of things, okay? But if we bring in the different things, then we, the synergy we generate is going to be much more. And so respecting that, honoring that, mm. recognizing that we bring in different things is mm. very important. For instance, for Africans, we bring numbers. Yeah. We bring resilience. We bring courage in the face of persecution and hardship. You know, so we bring that to the table. 
The West brings in other things like finances, they bring things like technology and other expertise. So as we look at each region, there are things that are peculiar to us. So when we're talking about a global collaboration, we shouldn't measure each other by our own strength, okay? Or, or think that we should bring in the same thing. But if we recognize that we're coming in as members mm. of the body of Christ and as equals before the cross, then what you bring in and what I bring in we will be able to value even much more than the comparison you know, and the contrasting of what we do. This is a time for us as a global to come together like never before. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially, I think we, we can all bring something on the table. That's a very key word. <laughs> but you know, in, in the past, it's like, you know, we are the ones who can finish the task. And we are the ones who, who, who actually, uh, you know, have are the most blessed and, and to, to continue this, uh, this journey. And, and I think uh, more than ever, we actually, uh, we, we, we just realized, especially under a pan, such a pandemic that uh, we, we all face the challenge together and we, we, uh, we, we need each other more than ever. I still remember that we are co-host uh, co uh, MC the, uh, uh, at the um, uh, GMC uh, back in, uh, 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 back in 2019 in uh, in Brazil, and uh, I, I think we we had such a great chemistry. I just remember that uh, people just love it when we when we are uh, you know emceeing the, uh, the 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 evening. It was it was really great, um, and that, I think that's a picture that we can actually work together because but we don't really have that kind of opportunity to actually you know serve one another and have mutual respect and appreciation to one another. I think one last thing I, I would love you to promote a little bit about uh, AfriGo magazine. Uh, do you know anything about it? Because I, I am, uh, I'm such a fan. Uh, I, I follow your Facebook and everything. How about, what, 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 what's that about, AfriGo? Yeah, the AfriGo magazine is actually a ministry of a film mm -hmm. that is the, formerly called the Sudan Interior Mission. We're based in the U.S. Oh, okay. And they, they, they have great ministry in Africa. So it's Africa goal. So it's actually focused on missions in Africa, mobilizing and promoting what the Lord is doing in and through the, the church and the missions movement in Africa. It, it's such a great, um, a, a great magazine, the, the Facebook page. And I'm so impressed. I've been invited to speak. Yes, that, that's where I got this. <laughs> I did an interview with them, you know, live stream interview a few weeks ago. And I think the team is doing an amazing work of just showing the rest of the globe, the rest of the body of Christ across the globe, what the Lord is doing in Africa and through Africa. So it, it's amazing. I, I really do endorse, you know, what they're doing. Yeah, we need more more of this kind of magazines and and uh, and so on social media, and we need to hear more from our African brothers and sisters, and because they're they're not just emerging because they they are already there, but also they bring so much energy and power, and especially in terms of, of prayer and 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 the energy uh, uh, and passion to the uh, to the mission uh, world, and and we just. Uh, delight we're just delighted to uh, to work together thank you very much nosa for your time and and for your honesty and hopefully we can uh, we can actually meet face to face very soon and god bless you and hope everything goes well with you guys
Amen. Thank you so much, Pray, and thank you for inviting me to be part of the amazing work that you are also doing through the Global Mobilization Network, to which I belong. So thank you. It's awesome. Thank you thank very you. much for your time. Thank you.